Okay, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 3. Unfortunately, I can't tell you what page it is in the Bible as I'm using my phone. Ephesians chapter 3, and we'll start at verse 14. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in you, sorry, dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Lord, we thank you for your word. Speak to us now from your word. And may the meditations of my heart, of all our hearts, and the words I speak may be acceptable to you, O Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. We're thinking about friendship. The first thing I want to talk about is, what is friendship? We talk about friendship in many ways. So I've got some quotes from some well-known figures. And they'll peel on the screen here. First one is from Winnie the Pooh. It's more fun to talk to someone who doesn't use long, difficult words, but rather short, easy words like, what about lunch? (laughs) There is some wisdom in this because friendship does depend on spending time with people sharing things and not in a pressured way. A second quote is from Muhammad Ali who recently died. It says, Friendship is the hardest thing in the world to explain. It's not something you learn in school. But if you haven't learnt the meaning of friendship, you really haven't learnt anything. Here we learn friendship is important and it's something that we have to practice, something that we have to learn by experience. We can't learn it from a textbook. A third one is from C.S. Lewis. Friendship is born at the moment when one man says to another, What? You too? I thought that no one but myself. Here we see friendship involves sharing. And sharing things that may be not easy to share. Why else would it be I thought no one but myself? And finally, from Proverbs chapter 17. A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity. Here we see 
a deep friendship involves being available, being vulnerable. At all times when you know, things may not be easy and hurtful words may have been said. From this we see there are several types of friendship. It might be an acquaintance. An acquaintance is someone you know them, maybe not so well, and it would be someone who you'd easily lose contact with. So you might talk about the weather, you might you know, meet up through other people. You might have some good friends. A good friend is someone we can trust, something that we will share some things with. So maybe it would be um, going down to the... Uh, going down to the pub and sharing a pint and talking about family and other stuff, maybe looking after other people's children. It's this kind of level. And then we have some close friends. And close friends are people that we share deeply with. We share very private matters. There are people that we would drop everything to help. So... What is it that causes an acquaintance to become a good friend and then a close friend? If you look through these different types of friendship, the acquaintance is quite distant, but the close friend is someone who is very close to you and you share a lot. It might start by sharing activities and experience with each other. There's also an element of mutual caring being available to help that person. And then finally, it might be an intimacy where I will share with you my most personal details because I trust you. I trust that you won't hurt me. And you, in return, share your personal details because you trust me. As we move from acquaintance to close friendship, there's a degree of trust which has to be built. A degree of honesty. A degree of respect. So as we move to closer friendship, we learn to trust each other more. We share more, and we're more open to each other. Close friendships really require us to be open and vulnerable to each other. And that can be difficult That's why we need to have that trust. So let's look at this now in a different way. What about our friendship with God or Jesus? It might seem a bit of an odd question because can we really conceive of God, creator of the universe, infinite in all ways, being our friend? The Bible has many instances of showing God being our friend. We have Abraham and David and the prophets in the Old Testament. We have the apostles and the disciples in the New Testament. And also many of us here can testify to God's friendship. If we look at God's friendship in the same way that we look at human friendships, then we can know that we can trust God. We can be open to him. Romans 5 verse 8 says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
God opened himself up and was vulnerable for us before we responded to him. So yes, we can conceive of God as a friend. And we can do that best when we look at God through Jesus. We can most clearly see the friendship of God through Jesus, his death and resurrection. And he's interceding for us there day by day. My question now is, what is our friendship with God like? It can be distant. Maybe we don't feel we need God too close. Maybe life is okay and everything just bounces along. Maybe it's a little bit contractual. You scratch my back, God, and I'll worship you and I will do your work. I read an excerpt out of one of the 60 Minutes books by Rob Parsons. I can't remember the title exactly, but it was 60 Minutes to Do Something. But the book related the following story. There was a man in his late 30s or early 40s and had a very successful career. Had a a supportive family, was involved in the local church and was even on the leadership team. Then a recession came and he was laid off from his well-paid job. He didn't cope well with the redundancy and had all the feelings of uselessness and being unwanted. He stopped going to church because he felt God had let him down. Why had God allowed this to happen to him when he had been faithfully serving God in the church and doing what he thought God wanted? This man's relationship with God was contractual. He would worship if God kept his part of the bargain. If our relationship with God is contractual, then it will be weak and we will be begging God to do the things we want to happen. We will want the relationship on our terms. This is not how God wants it to be. When I was at Spring Harvest in 2011, Krish Kandia related the following story regarding his 16-year-old son. His son, who was studying at um, college, was 16, and he felt, or his son felt, that he should sponsor a child with compassion. As you're aware, when you sponsor a child with compassion, it's a long-term commitment. It was going to cost £25 a month, roughly, And it would be not just for one or two months, but be for many years. When Krish saw the form on the table and seen that he was going to do this, he said to him, well, why did you do it? How are you going to afford it? Krish was thinking, here we go, I'm going to have to pick this up, aren't I? I'm going to have to pick up the bill for my son's actions. His son replied that... He'd worked through the finances. He was getting uh, an education maintenance allowance that was at the the time. And that if he was careful, he could cut out one or two little things and he could manage to pay the £25 a month that was required. And besides that, he really felt that the Lord was calling him to do that, regardless of the finances. About three or four weeks later, after having signed up and committed to 
um, sponsoring a child through compassion, someone at church came up to him and said, you play the guitar, can you teach my son to play? I'll pay you 10 pounds a lesson. Within a few weeks, two other people had asked him to teach their children guitar as well. It turned out that the Lord provided far more to him in monetary terms than what his Christian son had actually committed in compassion. And the thing here is, Christian's son walked in obedience and trust. When we walk with obedience and trust, we can have a close and intimate relationship with God. The depth of our friendship with God also affects the depth of our earthly relationships and friendships. When we understand the depth of love God has for us, then we look at our relationships and friendships between each other in a different way. In Ephesians chapter 3 we read, I beg that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Paul eagerly desired for the Ephesians to really know the depth of God's love. And God desires that for us today. When our relationship with Jesus is strong, and we understand that this is of God's doing, not ours, then we start to perceive what true love is. We start to understand what true friendship is. Without Jesus, all our perceptions and experiences are through our own eyes, and we tend to self-centeredness. With Jesus, we have that perfect example of love and friendship, a selfless love that gives it all, gives it its all for others. If we want our friendships to be deep, if we want our friendships to be coming alongside others as we journey together, then we need to do this through Jesus. Let's just take a moment to just reflect on our relationship with God, what that means for us,